This is Corolla Digital. Hey everyone, it's me, Allison. On Thursday, I sat down with Chris Loxamana, Matt Fondelier, Gary Smith, and newish Corolla Digital employee Kaylin Bean, and we learned about the time Chris wore high heels and was chased by a pregnant woman who wanted the shoes when he was done with them. And then on Monday, I was joined by our very own Larry Miller, and we talked about all sorts of stuff, including his accident earlier this year and the secret to Chicken Larry. Subscribe to Allison Rosen is your new best friend on iTunes or go to AllisonRosen.com. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. I love you. Allison's your new best friend. Now, it's time for this week's CarCast with your host, Adam Carolla, and moderator, Matt D'Andrea. Yeah, get it on. Got to get it on. No choice but to get it on. And, uh, mandate, get it on. Welcome to uh, yet another CarCast. Terry Cargus is here. Leslie Kendall is here as well. Um... Both these guys from uh, Peterson, and uh, we'll clarify who does what a little later. Uh, Leslie's the chief curator over at the Peterson Automotive Museum. We've done a lot of stuff with them, and uh, they got a lot of cool stuff going on. And uh, Terry's executive director of the Peterson Automotive Museum, but also does a lot of stuff outside of that as well. I brought uh, a car I can't stand just because I was traumatized by it, as you know. <laughs> yeah. It's one of the old yellers. Yes. Somebody fired it up, and it and it took seven years off my life but i will explain i will explain later a uh, lot of changes going on over at the peterson it's it's, yep. it's it's i feel like it's the you know if you ask me about los angeles i will tell you two thousand things that los angeles does wrong uh-huh. but the peterson museum is would not be on that list and that's probably yeah. because guys like you are in charge, not guys like Viragosa. It's it's definitely one of those places you have to stop by, whether you're really into cars or not. And the fact that you guys opened up the the uh, the vault, basically the basement down there, and started doing those tours is so much fun. Really, it's, it's something like like 150 cars you have on display, but like another 150 in the basement that there's just not enough room to see unless you go down there and check it out. Actually, I don't even know that Adam, you've even done the the, the vault tour yet. No, I but, go upstairs where the booze is. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's pretty incredible down there. Booze rises, son. Don't ever forget that. <laughs> Does it? Rises booze the, rises? Rises right to the top like a nice booze slick. I'm not going down to David Jones' locker. Oh, I see. Sorry, Leslie. What were you going to say? No. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say that, um, you know, we have all these wonderful cars. We wanted to give people a chance to see them, so we opened the vault last holiday season, and it's proven really, really successful. Well, it, it, it gives people a chance to feel like they're on the inside. They get on the other side of the velvet. That's exactly rug. correct. They, they, the vault was closed for 20 years, for the first 20 years of the museum's operation. The only people who got to see the cars down there were the, uh, either VIP or press. And, and uh, we thought, why are we hiding all these cars from the folks? So for a, a, an extra ticket price, uh, we have a guided tour with a docent or a guide, and they tell you everything about all of the cars. And you guys, I mean, the calendar is filled with events. I've been to the Trans Am event, the Carol Shelby event. We did my event. Yeah, I went to the, the, the Baja 
event. You guys did that. Enzo's that was cool. birthday. Uh, yeah. we, we've added, we actually, we've screenings. doubled. We're doing movie screenings over there, too. You guys showed Rush recently. Doubled. And Snake of the Mongoose. And... Last, just last night. We've doubled the number of events that we're doing. And what we're attempting to do is reach more of the automotive and, and motorcycle enthusiasts, uh, the various groups and categories. Because we, we've done a good job this year, I think. In fact, our attendance is up 24% yeah. just by inviting all the different groups in. Plus, I've been there four times in the last so few that's months, helped. so that's, 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 helped that's, probably, <laughs> that's probably helped significantly. The, the, uh, well, I mean, unlike other museums that just sort of put out something and then you walk through, this is ever-evolving, and there's, and there's so many events. I mean, I, 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 think, I think museums realize that in the old time, a museum was not proactive. It just was there. And, mm-hmm. you know, if somebody said to their kid, we're going to the museum, it's like, oh, God, yeah. please, dear, no, just kill me here, you know. Right. Now, the museum does not have the same sort of stink of failure in old people <laughs> that the old, that the old, that grandpa's museum has. This is right. fun. This is lively. It's interactive. Right. It doesn't smell well, like mothballs you, and Bengay. Right. You'll, you'll find that most of the museums don't even refer to themselves as museums anymore. Right. Like the Henry Ford is, is in fact, now they call themselves the Henry. Right. The Hammer, the Getty. Sure, sure. Right. We're the Peterson. Right. And, uh, by the way, an event coming up for all you guys who like the Japanese cars, like myself, uh, Saturday, November 9th, is the uh, Japanese car cruise. And I went to that several years ago. I think, if I'm not mistaken, my lightweight roadster was uh, front and center. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I believe that was for the Japanese car cruise, or it was called something else. In but fact, you have some of the great Japanese race cars of all time. I <laughs> <laughs> He's the tallest dwarf in <laughs> Candyland. That's, right. <laughs> that's pretty much. That's pretty much it. Yeah, thank you. No, I I know. Listen, I I feel that way. Screw those Italians over there, you know. I'm half Italian. I can call them that. The, the, I love the Japanese stuff. I love the history and for for so many years it was I don't know, it was almost a form of discrimination. Like it was almost outright just discrimination. Like right. we look down, we look down our noses at these Japanese cars. We have Ferraris and we rice burners. Yeah, yeah that's right. And, and, and why should they have any place amongst all these American, you know, these Mustangs and these Cobras mm-hmm. or these Ferraris or these birdcage Maseratis or whatever it is. And turns out they won a lot and they have a rich history Yeah, and it goes way back. And by the way, Japanese are fanatical about racing. Right. Mm-hmm. But when the Japanese cars won out here, people were like, that didn't count. I know, but I, I mean. <laughs> it's all right. It didn't really count. How it's much more <laughs> winning do you have to do than, you know, for instance, Nissan and Datsun and, uh, sorry, Nissan and Mazda and Honda. and Honda and Toyota off-road especially, but on, on, on the road course as well. I mean, this guy's. Mm-hmm. Done, done, have done a lot more over the last, you know, it's not like Mercedes-Benz, you know, they took 50 years off, you know, what's, what's, what's the big whoop over there? So why not? But again, I think it had the Japanese stigma yeah. to it. Well, it, it, when Nissan got into IMSA and they were running GTP with Jeff Brabham driving, they dominated everything. And then Gurney got in, involved with Toyota and they dominated everything they did. Chris Cord won the GTO championship and with Willie T. Ribs. Yeah. In a, in a GTO. What a great name. 
great Willie T. And then they then they went IndyCar racing with them and GTP. They dominated. They crushed the, the competition in GTP. Yeah. Right, but on the, uh, but you know nine sixty twos and nine fifty whatevers. I mean, those are mm-hmm. considered so iconic. And then you see the Nissan stuff, and yeah. nobody really gives a shit. Except for me, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's right. Except for you, although I got the guy. I can't fit in the. I can't fit in the. Uh, well, that's not a GTP car, but it's, right. it's close to it. Close the to uh, it. the ninety five Nissan, the three hundred, yeah, ZXA back the right the Jerry O'Connell and the John Morton and Steve Millen guys. Yeah, yeah, they're all about my height. Yeah, and and that seat is like there's a there's a firewall in the back. The seat can't move. So are you right. suggesting you should be the driver? That that's what, what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah, we'll go down to Denny's. We'll get one of those booster seats, and we'll just put it in there. And uh, yeah. Matt can pilot the car. That's a, I like those. So what's I uh, see everything. What's coming up, uh, Peterson-wise, uh, beside well, – I know we've got a uh, – tell us about the massive facelift and, and more than a facelift that's going on with the museum. Or oh, oh, the Petersons. So. We're, we're in the in – the, Really, uh, are about to transform the, the museum inside and out. Um, the exterior, if you go on peterson.org, uh, you can see a picture or a rendering of, of what the exterior will be. It's a series wow. of, of uh, stainless steel ribbons oui. that encircle the building, and it's uh, nothing short of spectacular. Uh, Cone Pedersen Fox from New York is one of the top three architectural firms in the world, and they were challenged, give us an idea of what we can do to the building without having to build a new building. Mm-hmm. And, but it has to represent speed. Uh, Gene Cohn was in. He came back eight weeks later with a presentation. He's a car guy. This was his idea, and it's, it's fabulous. Now, it looks, you can say, it looks like, like you're above a windy road, multiple windy roads that are just sort of all going together. So it has that feeling. But also looks like it has a lean to it, like it's moving left to right. Is the shape, I can't tell from this rendering, is it having... It's going to be taller up here on this one side and then... Over the parking? Well, it'll lip up over the fourth floor uh, where we have a penthouse for for, uh, events and parties. Okay. Mm -hmm. But it it will not cover the the parking garage. Does, Does the shape of it resemble anything other than... What we're looking at now. It was an interpretation of speed, their right. idea of speed, and that's something that we could do. Also, uh, we'll have this done in the next 18 months. Uh-huh. So a remarkable in a, amount of time. It's going to be all backlit, those ribbons? going to be backlit like that, like it's in the rendering? Correct. Or? Against the building will be yeah. a, a layer of corrugated uh, red steel painted hot rod red, mm-hmm. and then we'll use LED lighting to backlight yeah. it. So the evening will be yeah. even more spectacular than daytime. Adam painted his fridge and his kitchen hot rod red. Uh, I was a little more terracotta. That's where we got the idea. <laughs> yeah. we, you guys Tar- 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 was in your kitchen. He saw the fridge. He's like, let's do it like this. Ripped off my idea. <laughs> yeah. But we're going to do the interior as well. In fact, uh-huh. we're working. We're I haven't working, seen these yet. That's cool. Isn't that great? Yeah. We're, we're working with uh, some ex-Disney Imagineering folks. Mm-hmm. We're talking to some uh, a company called Scenic Route, which is a set decorators. Um, some ex uh, uh, Universal Studios creatives mm-hmm. about what can we do in in the interior that is uh, actually we're gonna it'll be transforming but it'll also be immersive. You'll be able to uh, experiential. Uh, you'll have a, a you'll ha- be able to participate more. Right now, the the museum that exists today was built 20 years ago by the Natural History Museum 
using 100-year-old display techniques. Mm-hmm. So we will become a 21st century museum. Is the, the building is just 20 years old. No, the building itself was built in 62. That's what I thought. Yeah. It seemed yeah. older than It was a, it was a store or something. Right? It's a, like a department, department store. store. Three. Yeah. Right. Right. Seku Department Store uh, opened in 62, mm-hmm. and then uh, they closed a few years later, and Orbox came in in 1968. My grandmother's favorite place to shop <laughs> was the Orbox. I think there's one in the valley. She Still? Was a big, not anymore, but it was a big deal. Going to the war box. We're looking at some scars. It's an outing. Not squeezing the trigger on anything yet. Just looking. <laughs> Just looking. Wait till they go off season. That's right. That's when we make our move. In the summer, scarves are cheap. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Going to the war box looking for stuff. Yeah. Remember this shit? We need clothes shop. Everything used to be a big deal. Now it's like, uh, go to go to Old Navy and just spend 20 bucks and get five pair of cargo shorts. <laughs> yeah. But um, so, yeah, it was the old oral grandma. She, she's somewhere up there in heaven, possibly hell, listening to this right now. She's I'm got like, the wow. scarf on. She's got like, that scarf. I love this scarf. Got a deal on it. Lasts I forever. Told you, you're not going to need that scarf where you're going, grandma. It's warm. <laughs> it's plenty warm. Oh. <laughs> so, um, so the the museum, where does the museum raise, where does the lion's share of the funds come for doing this kind of multi-million dollar endeavor? It'll primarily be individual donors. Mm-hmm. We're working with Bruce banks Meyer. right now. Hey, Bruce. Bruce. Yeah. Get Hi, Bruce. Out. Get your Come on over. Out, yeah, step right up. Adam, we, we certainly <laughs> expect you. <laughs> I do the Japanese cars. <laughs> <laughs> Bruce, Bruce, the one with the pontoon testarossa over there. Yep. Is that car gorgeous? Oh, <laughs> the von my. Neumann Testarossa. Oh my God, that thing was on that. That thing was up there for uh, I don't know how long. It's back at his place now. Mm-hmm. I I, yeah. I guess uh, that is one of those. The 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 pontoon, and I don't know. I, I guess it is a pontoon. I um, Ferrari. Um, I not a pontoon. Good, because I don't like the I don't like the look of the pontoon. <laughs> Leslie's shaking his head. <laughs> much. This is this is why Leslie's not it, a pontoon. It's not Quiet. a pontoon. <laughs> it, but it, it, it's fifty uh, five. I don't know what year. Uh, uh, fifty seven, fifty eight. It's it's a genuine Scaglietti body on a on a TR chassis, and it's just it's no less sexy. Uh, no, I don't like. I don't phys- I don't aesthetically like the look of the pontoon as much as I like the look. Of Bruce's car, yeah. Bruce has stuff. Bruce has the car. If you're going to have one, that's the car to have. It's like it's like an Italian hot rod. He Bruce. Yeah. Wait. The, what? What is that? Do we have a picture of that somewhere? Yeah, we have it somewhere. We we were we were up there. Um, we you know the thing about that. You know, somebody just been tweeting me that some race GTO went for fifty three million bucks. Yes. Right. Yeah, I heard about that. Um, Most expensive auction car now, Bruce. Mm-hmm. Now he that is not a GTO, but when a GTO goes for fifty three million dollars, Bruce Meyer has to think. Thanks for tacking five million bucks onto the price of my yeah. oh yeah more rare yeah. Ferrari from ten years earlier. I lost my bid at fifty one five. That's when you put the paddle down. That's it. It's like You're, that's enough. Are we doing it over the I'm, phone? I'm, yeah. Obviously, an internet bidder. Getting upset. <laughs> what do you think that Bruce car's worth? Any? I mean, with with the, that GTO going for fifty. Oh, I would say his car, uh, any car with that kind of provenance would probably be worth well into eight figures. Um, How far into eight figures, I wouldn't be sure. But but more than I have on me right now. I wouldn't wouldn't think it would go for – 
after the $53 million GTO, mm-hmm. I wouldn't think that thing's going for less than $10 million bucks. But anyway, that's why I got to hit up Bruce. A, 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 um, what was it that just sold for a half a million dollars in Scottsdale this year? Um, flares and Chairs. Uh, oh, uh, oh, the Dino. 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 Yeah, yeah. For yeah. Flares and Chairs dollars. Dino. Yeah. Also good name of a, uh, a gay country bar. You know what I mean? <laughs> Flutters and chairs. Yeah. Okay. I'm just saying, if you're thinking about or you know a gay themed, country themed bar, flares and chairs. Okay. Flares and chairs are the that's the Dino that has those rear flares, the metal flares, and the uh, Daytona type seats. Mm-hmm. Do you know the flares and chairs? No. A little rich for your blood. Yeah. He's a fox body mustache. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't go well, it's getting delivered, by the way. I have to tell you about. He knows that. fox and trots. That's yeah, another that's game. Right. That's right. That's another gay western theme bar. I love how uh, all of Bruce Meyer cars they become Bruce Meyer. Like that's the new name of the car. There's the Bruce Meyer 935 Porsche. There's the Bruce Meyer Testarossa. There's the Bruce Meyer Cobra. You know, they all they all be sort of. Get I his was, name stamped on. I was trying on, to which figure fun. this one out. Maybe Terry or Leslie knows. I know Terry. You work doing some stuff with Newman back in the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the Bruce Meyer nine thirty five that won Le Mans overall in eighty. It's so one of two production based cars to win overall. One of ever. two. Ever. One of two ever. And Meaning, Bruce doesn't have them both? Meaning, what yes. a loser. God. Loser. <laughs> yeah. Um, meaning the overall winner of Le Mans was something that rolled out of a factory at some point and then was made into that? It, would, it was a factory-built race car. But it was right. But, I mean, a, the, the a... base of it was a 911, Right. 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 Right, and and there's a picture up now. That's such a cool looking car, by the way. That we'll, we'll throw up some pictures, but this what a cool looking car. That that was what was the other one? By the I way, don't do you recall. recall. I don't recall. Um, so maybe Bruce probably a over. Porsche. Yeah, makes sense, and maybe er, wouldn't be later, actually, be earlier, right? Might, actually, might have been earlier. I, uh, I think Ed, it would have been earlier. He told me that Porsche went to Le Mans 19 times before they won. Wow, that was a staggering figure. They were just mm-hmm. getting warmed up. Yeah, I, obviously. Uh, so, so um, now I know Newman ran it in '79 or '80 in a Porsche 935, and the Hawaiian Tropic one, yeah. the Dick Barber one, mm-hmm. and he came in second, I think, in his class, but maybe overall, I can't, I can't recall. But I try to figure out if he was racing a, in the same year. And we got to figure this one out. Did he race the same year when that one won overall? I don't believe so. He may have, must have raced the year before. It wasn't the year after. If that was 80, well, we'll figure it out. Yeah. But 935s, as I found out on the track, are very effective cars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And when Bruce Kennep was driving them, they're not slow. They work better. The yeah. definition of putting the hammer down. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, um, so – Donations, and then the uh, and it's good because this is a dedicated group of of really enthusiastic rich we, white guys. We talk about Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> we talk about Bruce Meyer. Bruce has been involved in the museum since the beginning with yeah. Mr. Peterson. In fact, he and uh, Bob Peterson had the discussion about putting the museum together. Uh, our, our current chairman, Peter Mullen, was involved in the, from the very beginning. In fact, Leslie, that you were there. Leslie's been the curator at the museum for 20 years, our whole history. And 
How many of, of Peter Mullen's cars were on, on display when we opened? Well, the entire Grand Salon was full of Peter's French classic cars. It, yeah. was, it was extraordinary. We had probably 12 or 14 of yeah. them. From the very beginning, and that's still one of the exhibits that's best remembered. See, these guys support the museum because they got so many cars, they got no place to put them. <laughs> Free storage. <laughs> yeah. right. now, right. That's know, it. They're like, oh, I'll display it at the museum. There's like a Bruce Meyer Hall or something because he's got so many cars, he's got no place to put them. The one guy <laughs> who who doesn't drop off a lot of cars is Leno. Yeah. And he, he doesn't drop off because it's not because he's not into cars, because he's too into cars. His, his, I've, I don't know what you do with the guy, but I've talked to him about it. He's like, man, why are you dropping your car up there? I said, well, they wanted my car. I let them have my car. What are you going to do? You can't start. You got to start it. You got to drive it. You know, yeah. I was like, I said, I, he's like, it's I gonna, don't know it's what gonna to It's going to be there say. for like it's nine gonna, months. There. What are you going to do? And I was like, he's so nuts about his cars. I don't think it's the, I won't let them out of my sight. It's like right. he can't have his car sit. He can't sit. get in it. He, he can't, can't get, get in it, it and can't drive, drive it around. Drive it to NBC. Yeah. Aren't most of his cars runners, too? I mean, every one all of them. Yeah. Every one of them yeah. he drives. Every, I love that yeah. about them. Single. Every one of them he drives. Yeah. That was his thing. And the truth is, is like the, the, the mirror that you had was in that great exhibit that you guys put together in a museum for a while. It was something like nine months. Mm-hmm. And then it's when we took it off the truck, we put it in the back of the shop, and it's been sitting there for a year. So I it know. still hasn't started. I'm not, but I'm, not, I'm no Jay Leno. <laughs> I never claim to be. But I can right. tell you this. He has, you know, 250 cars. I don't think he drives the tank car into NBC, but he just drives a different car mm-hmm. every single day. And the one last time I was over there, I said, I want to take a good look at that uh, Maserati 3500 because that's a cool little car going up in value. I've always liked them a lot. I've always liked that uh big straight six in there and i just thought the maserati 3500 i just always thought it was a very italian cool car that mm-hmm. never was a little underappreciated in a world of uh porsche and a world of ferraris and things like that and, right. and lamborghinis this was uh this was one that was a little underappreciated and i know he, he did the whole work he worked on the whole car and fixed it up and did all that so last time i went over there i was like i'm coming over there i want to check out that car yeah i went over there and i uh jay took it into work I was like, the one car. Yeah. I've seen car. every other car here. And the one car he yeah. took, the one out of 200 cars a guy drives, the one that I want to come over there and see, he, it's sitting at NBC yeah. right now while I'm sitting in a uh, very different part of Burbank. It was a joke on you. Lynette called, gave him the heads up. <laughs> I am going over there later on today to have him make a plastic part for yeah. me and his uh, CNC thing. Check on the brake calipers while you're there. Oh, yeah. He's got the Camaro brake calipers. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'm redoing another uh, Newman car, trying to get some brakes fixed. So what did you do with uh, Newman back I in was the, day? the Budweiser uh, track rep uh, during the Can-Am era when it was Newman Freeman racing. Mm-hmm. He it ran a Can-Am program. Crazy huge what years were those? Can-Am what, car. What, what years were you working on that? 79, 80, 81. It was, uh, it was some of the best racing I've ever seen. It, it was a... Um, in fact, it started off, uh, uh, Bill Freeman had hired Elliot Fords Robinson, who was also a friend of Newman's. And Elliot had been testing all winter at, uh, at uh, Willow. Mm-hmm. And, and Freeman was trying to hire a French Formula One driver. And, and I suggested, why don't you test K.K. Rosberg? I've seen him in Atlantic cars, and I know he's running Formula B. They brought Rosberg over. He was lightning fast. It was incredible to watch this guy drive. The first race was at uh, Road Atlanta, and and uh, 
on the very last uh, lap of uh, of qualifying, uh, Jackie Ix uh, qualified him mm-hmm. in, the, in the Haas Lola, and and so uh, Rosberg, who had a broken wrist from a race in uh, at uh, Nurburgring the the weekend before, asked Newman, "Where are you going to sit for the race, Mr. Newman?" He said, "I'll be at turn turn one." And in those days, it was just a small grandstand for about 15 people. Uh, Rosberg passed Ix on the high side of turn one, which is impossible at Road Atlanta mm-hmm. at, on the on the first lap. It was stunning, and 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 led the rest of the rest of the race. What uh, KK? I thought it was Kiki. KK. It's KK. That's what I I called him that the first time, and I was corrected. <laughs> yeah, really. All this time, Adam. Maybe it's, all uh, this time. Bruin basketball great Kiki Vandaway that screwed <laughs> things up for KK. But um, wow, it's weird. So I think everyone mispronounced his name. It's KK oh, over here. Yeah. Oh, over okay. Here, yeah. Where is he from? Finland. The hmm. Flying Finn. Is he, he was, still around? Oh, he's uh, his his son is Formula One for Mercedes. Makes sense. He um, so the Can Am world, as I understand it, and and then you can tell me. And the the big Budweiser Newman car was just a behemoth. I mean, these cars were the scary Budweiser, looking cars. The right? Budweiser Spiders. Yeah, um, and there were I, again. I've only seen pictures, but they looked like very big cars. They were well. Actually, they were more like Formula One cars with with big bodies on them. A lot, a lot of body work. Yeah, a lot and of body and work. and. So tell me how this worked, and, and, and correct me if I'm wrong. So Can-Am starts um, late 60s, early 70s. Well, anyway, don't stop me. And uh, they got a bunch of guys, a bunch of big blocks, and uh, uh, Hillborn Injection and big stacks and all that kind of stuff. And then Porsche comes around, and Porsche makes these 1,100-horsepower cars right. yeah. that are destroying everything the and everyone. Right. Yeah. So they're kicking the shit out of everybody. And so what are you going to do? I mean, you have a, you know, naturally aspirated big block and you're making 670 horsepower. But this guy's making 1100 horsepower. Yeah. And have to wait. And have to wait. And he's flying past everybody. All right. What happens then with Porsche and the next generation of Can-Am as it gets into the late 70s and early 80s? They, they, they actually dominated so, so much that the, the series ended. No one, no one. There was nobody to. <laughs> they race. don't change the rules. They don't change yeah. the cars. But like, no, they crushed the competition. They're, they're, they're like no the Klitschko reason. brothers. Everyone yeah. just went, eh, screw yeah. it. We'll everyone find got, anybody except them. They yeah, everyone really got count. tired of yeah. heavyweight boxing because they just got tired of these guys yeah, winning. Penske and Donahue would show up, and there was no reason to run. It was like first, and then everybody else, and it was way, way back mm-hmm. at Riverside. You got a mile. Uh, they had a mile straightaway, and it, by the end of the uh, first couple of laps, it was where's the field. Right, you know, right. There was no reason to race. And so the 78, 79 was a rebirth of Can-Am. They, they made some rules. No really good engineering. Right. That's right. <laughs> Knock it yeah. off. Yeah. <laughs> Don't do so well. That's the rule. Do less good. Yes. <laughs> I, I will share with you one of my favorite uh, Newman moments was at breakfast at, at uh, Watkins Glen. Um, the waitress came over and said, oh, well, what, or what are you going to have this morning, Mr. Newman? He said, I'll have love, money, and power, and not necessarily in that order. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that was great. Wow. Somebody woke up on the right side yeah. of the bed. Being the, uh, so being the uh, Budweiser track rep sounds like the greatest job in history. It was, yeah. it was unbelievable. I mean, the, the Can-Am racing was, was so exciting. 
with the, the guys that were in at that point, but also the IMSA racing. Uh, we, we were sponsoring Porsches. So mm-hmm. every race we would go and whoever was the fastest qualifier got the bud money for the weekend. Uh-huh. So, and we'd decorate the cars right then. It was a little primitive, but a lot of fun. And how much bud was consumed? Oh, mercy. <laughs> Newman, well, Newman, Newman had some Z cars with some bud. With some Bud, oh, yeah. Bud logos yeah. on there, plenty of them. That was uh, Bud was his uh, real real sponsor out of after the the Planters and and the Datsun Nissan factory stuff. And there was plenty of uh, there's the big Bud Can Am car. I didn't even know Paul Newman drove these cars. Let's I, let's I, hurry he was up a and team finish. guy. He was no, a team no, no, guy. No, 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 no. That was Teo Fabi. Let's hurry up and finish the documentary so I can learn more about this. No, he didn't. No, you do know. You do know. He didn't drive those cars. No, Teo came in after uh, KK and, and Elliot were KK. gone. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and so he – so Newman, Newman was a co-team owner, and then he was driving – Newman would have been driving the big Z cars about yeah. that – about the same time the Can-Am. Okay. So stuff that's was going on out there. But right. Newman right. – I've seen plenty of footage of him uh, cracking a bud after. after yeah, a that's race. what I was kind of getting uh, at. Is he seemed uh, that was sort of his go-to drink, from what he, I understand. Like it was, he enjoyed a, a cool beverage. <laughs> <laughs> always after the race. Yeah, always yeah, after. Yeah. That's right. He does it Vic Edelbrock style. That's right. <laughs> the margarita started five, 5 p.m. Four fifty-nine. We you showed up at four fifty-eight. We're like, how about you heat up that blender, old man? He's like. Two minutes. Two minutes. <laughs> and and he's like, you were out of line. You were, son, take a step back. This only happens at five. Yeah, Edelbrock, <laughs> he don't fire up that, that margarita machine until, until no. five, five straight up. He's got to call uh, Zurich and make sure that the atomic clock over there says 5 p.m. <laughs> and then he can it's fire margarita it time. Yep. And there's, uh, there's old Paul with the Budweiser right behind him. P.L. Yeah, and he, uh, he loved... He uh, it was probably it was a good mix. It was it was a nice combination for him because, uh, like I said, I think the guy liked his Budweiser. Yeah. So nothing better. You know, you don't want to be, uh, you know, you don't want uh, some some uh, maxi pad company. Uh, you know, <laughs> you don't want them pay, sponsorship. Just right. not No real practical application right. for you. He had a practical. I, I used to. I mean, they used to say, "Oh, he'd get bud. He'd get a couple cases yeah. of bud and go go off well, hang up the more crew." Than a, more right, than right, right. You want to get you want to get sponsored by the guy by the products that you use. Most people go with tire companies. Right. The, first, the first time I ever saw KK Rosberg, K- Kiki Rosberg, that's right, right, run was in the hot pink Excita rubbers car. We know who has that car. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh wait, hold on a second. Is is that a uh, Formula Atlanta? For, Atlantic? For Atlantic car. Yeah, Billy Cord has the blue uh, Exciter car, and I don't know who has the hot pink, but that was. I in fact, will... there was a poster. One of the great racing posters was Rossberg crossed up in opposite lock, with still pointing down in his and you know with the pedal on the floor mm-hmm. in the in the hot pink car. Uh, I will tell you who has that car. Um, oh shit. I scratch my brain here for a second. That's wow, that's impressive. That's the car. Is that the car? That's the car. Um, uh, the the guy, oh, I'll I'll think of his name. Um, one of the guys I race with, uh, one of the alpha guys from uh, B Sedan, has believe has that car. I mean, I I talked to, I was talking to him about uh, bringing it out to uh, the historics. 
the uh, Rolex Historics, and it was getting a little pushback. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think the guys in the, you, you know, the, uh, the uh, you know, the, the Chitty Chitty Bang Bang mobiles didn't yeah. like the kind yeah. of mobile. Yeah, the guys in Monterey, they love those cars. The, yeah. The yeah. Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. I will, uh, <laughs> by the way, if you're, got, if you're doing a race and, and you're looking to say, and there's somebody in the passenger seat and they're hanging on to their hat, uh, anyway, yeah, yeah that's, that's not a race car. Right. I do like the goggles and the leather helmet and the, and the Snoopy appreci- scarf. I appreciate it, but <laughs> s- come on now. Make a little room for the condom mobile. Yeah. Well, but all those guys, they dress up while they're there and they've got, they yeah. got a whole thing going on. And- all right. All right. I'll, uh, I'll try to think of yeah. That. So what, um, Leslie? What what events or not events? What exhibits are going on at the museum currently, and how long are they going for? Well, we have some pretty interesting things. We have an exhibition on fins. We call it form without function. We talk about those those appendages that first bloomed in the late 1940s on American cars and then yeah. went away in the mid 60s. Uh, we have an exhibition right now also on pickup trucks. A lot of people, when they think of car museum, they don't think of, you know, pickup trucks as automobiles, but, boy, they sure are. And, you know, we talk about some of the earliest dating back to, a, you know, the near turn of the century international, right on up to a modern concept pickup truck by Isuzu. Yeah, like what what vehicle in this country sells more than a pickup truck, right? Like well, we sell more trucks than anything else. Yeah, you're right. It's, it's the most popular kind of vehicle, um, and it's, you know, it really speaks to what Americans like about cars and like about freedom. Wow, we're looking at a great finned boat. <laughs> you know, and fins didn't stop on cars. They ended up on boats, and even the boat trailer has fins. You'll note that it was hot pink. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like the condomobile. Uh, <laughs> That's what we were going for. Think of that guy's name. <laughs> yeah. uh, so the uh, – oh, actually, you know the guy. It's a guy from uh, eBay. Or the guy oh. handles uh, – Martin. Martin, yeah. Guy handles eBay. I think <clears throat> Martin – has I, I don't I don't know Martin's last name, but I think Martin. I think Lobber. Oh yeah, Martin Lobber. I think Martin Lobber? has that car. I think I spoke to him. Yeah. About that car. Well, oh, we can you can I don't know. Go to Martin Lobber. What did he have in like, Cor- Facebook page What did he have in Coronado that you got into? We squeezed you into. Uh that was a Formula V or something, yeah. or Formula Atlantic, or, yeah. or, or th- this is a. Uh, it was a uh, Formula V. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, Skinny Coronado. tires, no wings. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Kinda, this kind of fit. It was Formula <laughs> something, but uh, open wheel deal. It was just like, yeah, yeah. Just to see if you can fit in there, we put them in there, and it's not a lot like, of room. Not a lot of room to move your elbows and turn the wheel. Plus, <laughs> the wheel was you know seven and a half inches around. Yeah, or something. it's like it's, it's, it's small. It's off putting. Yeah, it's off. It's you know, I was just at the Indy race in Houston this past weekend. If you oh, heard about yeah. that, that crazy crash, I and did. We yeah. were we were in one of the hospitality rigs right on the. There was a corner, and then right after that corner, they hit the straight and just flew. That I think was nuts. And this, this is what I'm saying about the open wheel cars is that's some dangerous shit. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god. There it is. Yeah. X Kiki. I'm oh, sorry. KK. <laughs> XKK. Yeah, race by Martin Lauber. Race by Martin Lauber. There, there you go. That's, there you go. That's KK's yeah. uh, X car. So I'm going to mention that these, uh, all oh, these images so, are awesome. You're going to have to check these out on our Facebook page. Yeah, you can go to the website too. Um, wait, so that race, uh, Dario Franchitti was in that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and how was he doing? Did we, I, he was doing well. Um, 
that I remember. And it was weird that it happened on the straight. Like the other car came up behind him and it hit and he just launched. And, you know, you, it, it of course it looks so dramatic. I mean, obviously it was, but it looks so much more dramatic because those cars are meant to just break apart and keep keep the cockpit in one mm-hmm. piece. So just pieces of carbon fiber and stuff. But what happened was is it hit there's the fence and sort of the safety net to to you know block the spectators. And where the accident happened was right in front of the grandstands. And a piece of the car hit the fence and just sheared the metal. And it sheared excuse, the fence. It sheared the fence. Wow. And then afterward, because we walked by when they cleared out the crowd, and the the fence that was the above the the cement that blocks the cars is up on the top of the grandstands. It flew up there and landed mm. on people. Wow. It was just absolutely nuts. And uh Dario says he's he's okay. He's got a couple surgeries I think he's going through on his ankle and he fractured some vertebrae and, and stuff, but he was awake and he was sending out Twitter messages, which is good. You can see the photo, or at least, well, there's a piece of it. But you see there's the fence, and then it kind of tilts over. Right. Well, I can't Those metal bars, those sheared off and landed right in the top of the grandstands over to the right in this video that we're looking at. It was just nuts. How did he get launched? Somebody hit him. I know. Yeah, and it just. No, I understand it wasn't an act of God. What what I'm saying is. Somebody came behind him. I know, I saw it, and it's just somehow he's airborne. The front of the car is so low, it came up and almost scooped him up. Right. Mm. And launched Mm -hmm. him up. And then I think they said there was 13 people were injured. Two people went to the hospital. I don't think anybody was really bad, which is great. But when you, we, we were sitting there watching it, you can hear it, and you're like, wow, it is absolutely insane. And I haven't really gone to many of these indie races. Long Beach oh. is the first one I flew out. You'll not be like, invited back. No, 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 no. Uh, and now it just sort of – it's sort of – we can see yeah, footage, here's the footage of it. You'll see – boom. Got, so it's basically the front end got in the air, and the second the front end gets in the air, you're going up. Yeah, and you can't really tell from that angle. Maybe it either got underneath the car and pitched it up, or the front touched the rear tire, and and it's because it's spinning, it just launches the car. Either way, um, the you know the question always is this: you know, just when they think they had have one problem solved, mm-hmm. they realize they're vulnerable somewhere else. And I don't know what you do outside of this fencing because now someone's going to go well. We can no longer have, you know, the, the yeah. cyclone fencing with the cables not enough anymore. We're going to have to do some sort of Kevlar you know, net or something. I, I mean, that's a tough call because the safety fencing and stuff that's there did its job. It kept the car in. Mm-hmm. It kept the car in and it kept most of the debris from flying over. But it was just such a hard hit. It was just a one in a million shot that it just sheared some of the some of the metal pylons that hold the fence together it was it was a big piece of fence up in the grandstands it was really kind of nuts but and the pole yeah it because it, the pole that holds the fence you know mm-hmm. from pole to pole it cut that pole wow it just just cut it and just right, went up. let's let's get down to brass tacks how much beer was spilled <laughs> i did not spill a drop my oh, friend okay. not one right. drop well, good that uh, no one was no one was seriously injured, and uh, Dario appears to be okay. Yeah, he's clearly out for a while, but but a good, uh, he seemed to be, and he he had a, he was in good spirits about the whole thing. He was sending out Twitter messages, so a, uh, that's good. A good a good guy and a great guy, and and in a, and in a way, a testament to how safe the cars are. 
because mm-hmm. that yeah. accident looked brutal. Yeah, you watch the footage and it's just just carnage everywhere. When the, we walk past the track and you just pieces everywhere. It's just it was insane. And then they they stopped all the racing for the day. There were some of the guys were supposed to go out in the the Mazda spec cars and stuff like that, and they just they just canceled mm-hmm. everything. Um, by the way, um, so speaking of our good friend Martin, that we were talking about earlier, eBay baby, I got eBay. That, I got my blog out there. I think we're doing the Aventadors out there. Is the one that's currently out there, right? Yeah. People, people dig that car. Four and fifty k should be decent. You know, I uh, before the taxes. I had uh, <laughs> I had somebody say to me, "What? Well, you know, car guys, uncar guys, non-car guys, douchebags, as we call them." They said, uh, "Well, what's the difference between a hundred thousand dollar car and a four hundred fifty thousand dollar car?" And I said, "Oh, you could tell. I mean." Car in the car world, you can mm-hmm. tell. Yeah. And they said, "What's the?" I said, "Listen, I understand what you're saying. If you went down and got a bottle from the basement of some castle, the Chateau Lafitte, 1955, and poured it with some Trader Joe's nine dollar wine next to it, and as long as you put a piece of duct tape over the label, yeah. I don't think I would be able to tell you <laughs> which one I liked more. As a matter of fact." Pretty good chance I'm going to like the Trader Joe's. Yeah, it's fifty fifty better than the four thousand dollar bottle of wine. But in the cars, oh yeah, yeah. you can get in the car, you can see it there. I mean, you fire that naturally. There's no mistake in that. I called it a five point five naturally aspirated, but maybe it's six or something. I don't know. In the Lamborghini, yeah, yes, it's bigger than five point five. All right, don't laugh at me. It's not that much better. Six two or something like that. And I said six hundred forty horsepower. I don't know what the hell that thing's got. Naturally aspirated, but something. Yeah, I think it's around those somewhere, somewhere in there. You you press the start button, that thing kicks up, kicks on behind your head, and you'll you'll know where the first hundred. 150 grand went. Yeah, six and a half liter. Oh, 6.5. Is that 690 horse? 690. 690. Jesus Christ. Almost 700 horsepower. And it, what's crazy is, is that kind of horsepower on a naturally aspirated engine, I don't care what the engine is, it's going to sound nuts. Right. All right. It has to. So you want to read the blog, you go to ebaymotorsblog.com and also the eBay Motors app. This is uh, This is good for what ails you. You're hanging around. You got some time. Put on your phone. Yeah. Getting in the airport. Whatever. Just cruise around. Check. That's what I do. I just I just putz around. I just type in. Uh, I'll type in a make. Uh, type in like you know Ferrari, Lamborghini. Sometimes Alfa Romeo. Just anything. Datsun. I'll just type in the make, and then I'll go to the part, and I'll go oldest first. And that's the fun part. You go, what is the oldest Datsun that's on eBay right now? What's right. the oldest Lamborghini that's on eBay right now? Just what is the oldest? And it's yeah. just fun because you don't, you know, I don't want to look at a whole bunch of you know brand new Sentras, but I will go back and see if there's a Roadster on there. Why not? <laughs> you the go old old, oldest Corolla. Yeah, oldest Corolla. That's my dad. You want to support uh, the car cast? <laughs> CarCastShow.com. You can uh, go on and uh, donate. Uh, hit the PayPal. Donate a few bucks. Nice to uh, keep everyone paid around here. And, uh, you know, we keep racing and keep bringing you the footage and bring the cars in and the guests in. And mm-hmm. you give a little something back. That's the way it works. It's a symbiotic relationship. Yep. Uh, Peterson, people should go online. Yeah. And out. they should find out all the cool events that are coming up. I know here that you guys are going to be uh, on October 24th. You're going to be uh, honoring 
uh, Patrick Dempsey and Ken Block and Jeff Beck. I didn't uh, know Jeff Beck. Jeff Beck, guitar player, Jeff, Jeff Beck? Yeah. Jeff actually is a walking encyclopedia on hot rods. He has a 15-car garage at his home in the U.K., does his own metal work, his own engine work. And if he really? wasn't playing guitar, he'd be in hot rod business. Wow. Yeah, he's a, he's really in he's a a real real fan and a and a knowledgeable guy. Well, who he, the hell knew? He walked through the the museum a, a couple months ago with us and was was giving us the history of everything there. Mm. Who built it, why they built it, how mm. they chose the colors. I mean, it was amazing. Well, see if he knows why they call the Dinos the flares and chairs. I've got a good one for you. See if now, he knows Les, that. Leslie might be able to verify this story. Carol Shelby had um, Peter Brock do a car or design a car with um, Di Tommaso. Wow. And then never took delivery of it. And I, you saw the car. Mm-hmm. And um, so evidently Mr. Di Tommaso was not real happy that Carol did not ever take delivery on the, on the car, went on, and he was building Cobras. Di Tommaso's first car, as I understand it, was the Mangusta. Mm-hmm. which is Italian for mongoose because it's the only animal on the planet that can kill a cobra. Interesting. <laughs> is that great? Leslie, did we see that car? Or we saw a sort of Italian-bodied uh, Corvette-powered that something. That's a Scagliati body. Scagliati, yeah. all right. Thanks. We own a 1955, one of the three, and incidentally, Carol Shelby has something to do with it, one of the three Corvette Italios, they call them, built right. in 1959. Exactly. But the Mangusta we're speaking of. The Mangusta uh, at... at um, oh, that was a... This was a, a... It wasn't a Mangusta. That was a... Um, P70. Yeah, P70. Uh-huh. It's, a, it's a one-off. Actually, I guess the car had been uh, disassembled because no one did anything with it and, and storage for 40 years. Mm-hmm. And Di Tommaso's son is selling off a lot of the property and took over the business and uh, and found the car. And, and it was just sold at auction for a lot of money. That sounds about right. So the website where people can go online and just see all the, what's going on, on on the calendar. Peterson uh, with all E's. Uh, yeah. dot org and check that out the, there are tickets available I believe for this uh, for the gala event for October 24th it's a fundraiser event so um, check it out and I, I bet that's going to be awesome Adam was we were all at it last year you were on it last year it was a lot of fun yeah. you and John Lasseter we had a great time yeah. brought some mangria I think <laughs> yeah <laughs> brought our own brought our own mangria uh, alright let's go out in the parking lot and uh, see what you guys brought Leslie has brought us my arch nemesis, the uh, old Yeller 4. Uh, you love this thing. You, this is a fabulous car. It's actually old Yeller 3. It's a oh, third, three. the third one that he built. He built the car in 1959 for uh, Haskell Wexler, a pretty well-known Hollywood camera guy uh, in the day. And it was actually the only old Yeller that Max Balchowski ever built that was intended primarily for street use, not as a racing car, although it was such a such a well-engineered vehicle that it was actually raced and with some success. The, what, what's it built on? Is it to start off as something of the chassis or something? The, no, the chassis was actually designed on the um, floor of his garage in North Hollywood using a piece of chalk. He laid it out and and welded up this the steel tubes uh, to make his own unique frame over which he hammered um, aluminum aluminum body panels. It's very lightweight. It's but it's a serious car. 
And now Max built a lot of Cadillac engines, but this is a sure Buick did. engine? This is a Buick engine. It's a Buick nail head. Um, not the best breathing engine in the world because of the small valves, but boy, potent. Very potent in this application. This thing can really move down the road. So now, it's, it's, it's essentially a big block? It's, it is a big block. You bet. A big block in a car that, that does not weigh a great deal. Uh, very comfortable to drive, I might add. The seats are comfortable. The driving position is comfortable. Uh, it is, uh, he built it actually with a, a, a full-width windscreen because mm-hmm. it is a sports car, so it's comfortable for two people. It has doors, unlike a lot of cars in the era. Yeah. See, if I rode in this car, I'd be like, hey, where's my roll bar? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Don't worry about it, sweetie. <laughs> you duck if we go over. The supplemental right. roll bar yeah. option. Uh, yeah, what happened to me is, and, and this one looks like it's not quite just a straight open pipe. I don't know if some of the racing versions were, but I was at a very nice mixer at, uh, up at, at Pebble Beach, and it was one of those, you know, country club gigs where, you know, I, I think it was put on by, you know, doers or something, right. and there were guys in kilts. T- teaching you how to get drunk, you know, and uh, and you look around drinking it. I don't know, Blue Label or Johnny Walker, whatever. And and so everyone's just sitting around, you know, literally like chamber music on yeah. top of this hill. Oh, those are the best events. Where uh, there's an alcohol consultant, free food, and there's a guy in a kilt <laughs> helping you get drunk. And I was just standing there, and I was probably about this far away, and I was talking to some guy that was facing this way, and I'm holding my Johnny Walker, or whatever, and. The guy, old Yeller's there, and the guy's gonna, he's gonna fire it up, and he ain't gonna say anything. <laughs> so he's got a whole bunch of people yeah. just with their back turned. No clear, no fire in the hole. There's nothing, no and it's work. all you hear is like chamber music, you know. And we're all standing around looking at the sunset, you know. And all of a sudden, oh, and everybody just threw their, uh, they they threw their cra- crab cakes up in the air, and I was like, hey man, you sound, you know, do a. All right, people. Yeah. In, in, fire in the hole. Fire in the hole yeah. on the construction site when they pull out that pack, uh, that, that actuating. Uh, oh, the, uh, yeah, the uh, it's a it's a powder actuated pin driver. The Hilti yeah. gun. When yeah. that thing comes out, I was you hear say that. fire in the hole, or you might hear the occasional earache, and then boom. <laughs> but it gives you a minute just to yeah, just to poise yourself emotionally. Something. Did you drop your booze? Oh, no, no. So I dropped everything off. <laughs> Threw up your crab cakes, but you got, you got the drink. That's yeah, this, this thing would have been out with the Ferraris. and I, I mean, I don't know if this, but I know Old Yeller would be out there with the, the, the pontoon Ferraris, I think, yeah. and, and the, maybe the birdcage Maseratis. Yeah, exactly. This car actually harkens a little bit to the pontoon Ferrari. You can notice you know, immediately behind the front wheels how, how cut in it is and the bodywork extends inside of the exhaust headers. Um, this car, it was called Old Yeller because it really, the idea was to um, give people an idea that it was a junkyard dog. Right. But not just any junkyard dog, because here's Max Belchowski, a guy doing things in his own backyard, putting together a combination of parts, engine, chassis that he built himself, body, everything that drubbed the Ferraris and Maseratis, everything uh, in its way. It just, it just cleaned up the racetracks. And, and um, you know, that was a little embarrassing, for, for a lot of car companies here, this guy, you know, from, from California comes in and, and kind of takes over with cars like this. And how, it's, it, it has a certain sexiness to it. How, yeah. many, how many did he end up making? Nine and a half. 
Uh, he was he was working on his tenth when he when he passed away. And what uh, year would that have been? Um, that would have been only about um, about twelve fifteen years ago. Oh really? So so it wasn't it wasn't all that long ago yeah. in in important automotive. Race builder so guy he, terms. he he made it into the nineties. I uh, yeah, I think I think believe, late eighties, early nineties, something like that. I think he, he 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 did pretty well, and he was creative the entire time. He was creative and, right up to the end. And at that time, I mean, now, you know, it was beyond the driveway. Uh, I mean, whip it whip it up in your garage point. I mean, oh, technologically yeah. at that point. But at this point. We're talking, what year is this? This is 1959. 1959, this point, a little in front of this point, it's like pretty easy math. Everyone's running the same spoked rims. Right. Everyone's basically on the same tire technology. Uh, everyone's running a live rear axle. Yeah. So it's like horsepower to weight ratio. Yeah. So you just yeah. go, I'm going to make a car that weighs 1,800, 1,900 pounds, whatever. I'm going to put a big, huge V8 in it. You do the math. Yeah. Like no one, no one else has a wind tunnel, so who cares? <laughs> well, back in this day, the engineering was a lot more approachable. You could put the disparate parts together, and if you needed something special, you could make it yourself and reasonably right. expect it to to do pretty well. Now, cars are so complicated yeah. that it takes a, you know cadre of engineers just to design you know two or three suspension components. And now, you said the body is all aluminum, mm -hmm. but the frame is steel. Oh yeah, it's yeah, it's welded but, steel too. But really, at this point, the engine is the heaviest thing, and that's it's the only real weight of this car. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. The engine, well, the body. I mean, there's some meat to the chassis because yeah. it's pretty stiff. It's a tube frame, but right, the engine is the single heaviest right. component to this. Can we look at the car. engine? I'm curious to know how far. Yeah, you bet. Is. Let's open it you up. Bet. Yeah. Oh. And as far as Max Belchowski, what was his? His real claim to fame. I mean, what would uh, I mean, Old Yeller? But what 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 would he be known for, or most popular for? Well, Old Yeller. He every car he made ended up being called Old Yeller. But he did Old Yeller. Old Yeller Two is a pretty popular car. The, the first Old Yeller, by virtue of the fact that it was the first and put him on put him on the map. Is probably uh, you know the, one of the most pivotal cars that he that he. What ever was did. his background, or how did he make his living? Um, he was you know he was really a self-taught guy. He didn't he didn't have a lot of formal education in this, but he you know he worked on plenty of, of hot rods and cars in his day, and and he, he was one of those unique people that had just kind of a feel about the things. He had this innate um, intuitive sensibility that he could put things together, and and he knew it worked. He also knew it didn't work. And and he. Um Damn it! I'm starting to have respect for this car. <laughs> well, it's it, hard not to. We'll take it outside. We'll it fire it up. It'll it's, scare it's the shit out of you, and all of this will be—you'll <laughs> be back to where you were before. The, the um, now, this is Buick Motors. We discussed. Mm -hmm. He did Cadillac as kind of what I'm. I have old Hino Transport with one of his Cadillac yes. motors oh, yeah. in it that yeah. transport. Little Leslie's licking his chops over there. Transport. You guys got to do transport. He's thinking of his exhibits. You know, got to yeah. take it somehow. This carried. Uh, this carried the uh, old uh, Datsun Roadster in this in this Hino Transport. But anyway. It's one of those things Les made you buy. <laughs> it's like, you need this for the Roadster. Come that's on, right. you need this for the Roadster. <laughs> Very true. Plus, you're uh, the only one who would buy it. That's true, too. <laughs> um, he did Cadillac and Buick. You know, I mean, I think everyone else is between Ford, Chevy, and maybe a little Mopar in, in here. Why do you think he was a Cadillac Buick guy? I, I don't know, but some people 
kind of go counter to the flow. They're kind of right. they, they, it's a right. counterpoint, I guess is what you could call it. And you know, maybe he was the kind of person who thought, well, everybody's doing this. Why don't I do this other thing? Let's see if I can tweak this engine that nobody's even looking at mm-hmm. to get the maximum horsepower out of it. I love that these control arms are all drilled out. They're, it's insane. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's, everything is just jewel-like I see. Uh, in, in its design, not necessarily execution. Yeah. Because it is an old yeller. It is a junkyard dog. But, but it's, it's really well thought out. You've got an engine that weighs 800 pounds. 200 pounds. <laughs> yeah. The, the, so, you, so you drill them out for the lightweight. But look how far back it is behind. It's a yeah, mid-engine. Mid yeah, it's a front-mid-engine car. Right. So, so the balance is really good. And this thing... She can lift her skirts and run down the road. Yeah. This is a not just fast, but quick car. Is uh, I'm trying to figure out the front suspension here because I'm seeing a shock absorber. Mm-hmm. Do they have some sort of torsion suspension? Or where's the spring part that doesn't exist? <laughs> I, I'm trying to figure out because it's like Porsche. You know, you go, well, either you have a spring mm-hmm. or you have a leaf spring. Mm-hmm. Or you have what, the Porsche, like There's torsion a- there's a torsion arm here that's attached to the middle, but yeah. then it connects here, and then it goes up that way. Oh, exactly. It's okay. a very, so, very so long torsion so arm that no, extends. There's no sway bar basically going front side to side. There yeah. is. Oh, it looks like down low, or maybe I'm looking at something I think you can else. even see it behind mm-hmm. the exhaust pipes on the But outside. it's a torsion yeah. suspension. It's, it's not right. a coil spring. I, underneath, there's a small sway bar, but this torsion arm you're talking about goes all the way along the side yeah. there. But that's yeah. kind it's of not, a neat it's idea. It's not a coil spring, definitely. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of really neat technology and one of the coolest things ever which is the massive drum brake i love the huge oh, yeah, oh, yeah. cap on that it's just a great a great vintage look yeah with the fins on it uh, right uh-huh. the fin drums for heat dissipation it's just so interesting and all the you know and if you get up close you can see all the little tube frames that he used to anchor and support the body the coach work yeah and when, when the car was donated to us, it was donated by a Dr. Bruce Jacobs uh, some years ago. He actually donated um, additional parts. He had another rear tail section. He had a front section. And uh, like I mentioned before, the, the proper windshield for around town touring. A uh, really cool piece. Uh, Leslie Kennel, thanks so much for coming in. Thank Peterson you, Museum. Peterson.org, is that right? Peterson.org. Peterson.org. And that's where you can find all the dates and all the events and we're going to take this thing outside and fire it up so you guys can uh, hear it i'm going to be at home but it'll be fired up (laughs) nonetheless and until next time the sound crawl for matt d'andrea and leslie i almost said peterson (laughs) leslie kendall good racing name saying keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel (laughs) 